They sang a song and they said, we believe, and uh, it matters what we believe. We said a while ago the affirmation of faith, which is a creed, and uh, a creed is a statement, an affirmation of what we do believe. This morning's sermon's title is Seed Creed. That will make sense in just a moment, uh, Seed Creed. I'll share a creed with you at the end of the sermon, but I got this from Seedbed. Seedbed is a publishing company. Some of you may remember that the old farmer's almanac sort of looked like this, and Seedbed, a few years ago, I think they came into existence around 2012 or 13, and over the last couple of years, I've ordered study material and discipleship material from them, and so they, they made their catalog look like an old farmer's almanac, but it's called Sower's Almanac and Seed Catalog. On the front, it says, uh, featuring helpful guidance for each month of the year for apostles, for prophets, for evangelists, for pastors, for teachers, for parents, for grandparents, for kids, for in-laws, and outlaws. They've got some good discipleship material, and I want to share a creed in there, and that ties in with our generosity of giving. We've been talking about the seed and planting the seeds, and so I just want to remind you and encourage you to continue to plant seeds of generosity uh, seeds of grace, seeds of mercy, seeds of forgiveness, seeds about the kingdom of God. Tyler mentioned about the kingdom of God, that we're about something greater than just being a part of the United States. We are sons and daughters of God. I remind you that our mission statement, and if you know it, you can share it or repeat it with me. Our mission statement here at our church says that the people of Gadsden First United Methodist Church were changing lives by sharing Christ, making disciples, serving and giving hope you've had that mission statement before I came here I like it our goal is to change lives we have this commission this mission to share Christ make disciples and serve and give hope we do that we must continue to do that the passage of scripture I've chosen this morning is 2 Timothy so 2 Timothy the first chapter I'll read verses 8 and 9 2 Timothy the first chapter verse 8 and 9 this is Paul writing to young Timothy, and he shares these words for, with him. He says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. And I want to emphasize verse 9, who has saved us, but not only has he saved us, he has called us with a holy calling who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works. He didn't call us because of our works, but according to his own purpose and his own grace, which he has given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So I want to ask you just in a few moments to think about God's call on your life as a Christian. Uh, do you believe? Do you believe that God has called you with a holy calling? Do you accept that call? I mean... I know that Paul is writing this to Timothy, but I, I think it's for all of us. He's given a general statement uh, for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling and not of ourselves, but it's because of the purpose and plans of God. The election is over. I thought I'd get a praise the Lord or something anyway. I mean, just over with, you know. The election is over. I already knew what I was going to preach this Sunday, today, regardless of who became president. I sent my sermon notes in like I generally do on Tuesday morning, 
uh, to the staff and to the worship team and musicians and let them know a general direction that I was going. So I already knew I was going to preach on this, regardless of who was going to be president. I went to bed at 10 o'clock. I heard stories. Some of you stayed up till 2 and 3 a.m. And I didn't. I needed to go to bed. I needed to get some sleep. But when I got up there the next morning, I didn't immediately try to find out who was president. I did what I usually do. I got up and I prayed. I said, good morning to God the Father. Good morning to God the Son. And good morning, Holy Spirit. We had a time together as I sought the face of God. And, and then I got ready because it was Wednesday morning. I got ready to take my son Dave to dialysis. I noticed as I got in the truck to go get him that our creator had caused the sun to begin to rise. Imagine that. And our creator would have caused the sun to rise regardless of who was president. And I know we have strong Democrats and strong Republicans in our church, but uh, again, I knew I had to accomplish some things that day and I had to go get Dave and, and lo and behold, the sun did come up. And... Uh, I know that our God has the power to raise the sun up. And he still has a call on our life. And that didn't change. One iota as believers, as sons and daughters of God, the call on our life, the holy calling will remain the same as a part of the kingdom of God, as Christians, as believers. Sunday night, we had a charge conference here, and we had it up in the gym. Some of you came, and Robin Scott had asked me to preach, and I knew right off the bat when Robin asked me to preach, I thought of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, and verse eight in particular. It's a call. It is a call, part of the call on Isaiah's life, and Isaiah has this great experience of seeing a, a glimpse of God that none of us probably can testify to, but we've been in the presence of God before. We've had those moments where God's presence is so heavy and God speaks to us. And what happened was that Isaiah got close enough that he heard the voice of the Lord. This is Isaiah 6, 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord and the voice of the Lord was saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? It was a general question coming out of heaven after Isaiah had this great experience and this connection with God and he hears this voice. It's the voice of the Lord. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? It's a very famous passage of Scripture. You know what Isaiah said. After hearing this voice, whom shall I send? Who, who can I get to go for us? Isaiah simply said, here I am. Send me. I believe that that question still comes out of heaven. Not all of us have a call to go into full-time ministry, but as sons and daughters of God, You've got a call. You have a holy calling. Not of yourself, it's your own works, as Paul said, but you've got a call. And what God's asking that question for is because each generation, he's just waiting for people to respond. Here I am. Send me. Don't know if I've told this story about a guy who fell into an open grave in the middle of the night. If I have, I apologize. After you pastor a while and preach revivals and a lot of I don't remember, but it's worth hearing again. A story about a guy who fell in an open grave in the middle of the night. The story goes he had been at a bar and he was walking home because he didn't need to drive. And so in order to take a shortcut, he cut across a cemetery. Well, unbeknownst to him, they had dug a grave 
to prepare for a funeral the next day. But it was dark, middle of the night, and this guy falls into the open grave that they've dug. You can imagine he's scared to death, but he's trying to get out and dews on the ground and the banks of inside the walls of the opening were slick and he was jumping and he was jumping, mud all over him. He couldn't get out. He was exhausted. He hollered. Nobody heard him. Finally, he decided to just crawl over in the corner and sleep it off. He'd sleep that night and somebody would find him the next morning. So he's asleep in the corner and then he tells the story that somebody else came along and fell into the same grave that he was in, but the guy that fell in didn't know he was asleep in the corner. Well, the guy said as he was there asleep in the corner that he noticed that guy too was trying to get out. He was jumping and jumping. and He couldn't get out either. And the guy in the corner said, all I said to him was, hey, you can't get out. But he did. <laughs> but he did. He got out. God calls out to us. He calls out to us. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and His own grace. The Lord is able through relationship that we have with Him and the power of His Spirit to cause us to fulfill His holy calling on our lives. We hear His voice. Whom shall I send and, and who will go for us? Just waiting for us to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. In June of 2012, I arrived here at Gadsden First United Methodist Church. June 2012. I know I look back and at least three times from the pulpit over the last four years, I shared with you what I call the four great callings that are found in Scripture. In my ministry time, and the four scriptures I'm about to give you are nothing new. But I, I find that we believers need to be reminded about our call on our lives. So these four callings will forever challenge us to stay focused on the mission of our Lord. Regardless of what goes on around us. We're still a part of something greater. We're a part of the kingdom of God. And so I share these four great callings. And I made copies of them that I'm about to share with you. I put some on the podium at the back and somewhere over here on this table. You're welcome to get them. Some of you have already done that. Uh, Thursday night, uh, somebody told me, said, oh, I've got one. I kept it and I've got it in the back of my Bible. So it's rather small, so you can just slip it back there. But I just want to remind you of these four callings that come from the Bible. The first one, and I didn't put them in any particular order, but I, I would say this one is good to list first. It's called the Great Commandment. In Mark, the 12th chapter. Verses 30 and 31, Mark 12. Now, it's quoted in all four of the Gospels, but I, I like Mark's version. And reminds you that when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment of all? He quoted from the Shema, over in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. It's kind of like the Pledge of Allegiance to the Jewish people, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, you shall love the Lord your God. And Jesus quoted it this way in Mark and said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So 
we know this is, a, this is it. This is number one. Great commandment. And brothers and sisters, that command will never go away. I fail at it often, but I know what the Word says, and I know that it still will challenge me that I am supposed to love God. Listen to what it says. It's, it's our entire being. It's everything about us that I should focus and desire to love Him with, with all of my heart, with all of my soul, the very essence of who I am, with all of my mind and with all of my strength, I should love Him. Uh, even though we fail at it, it's still our goal. It's still a part of the holy calling. No other greater commandment. The second calling uh, is called the great condition. It's been prayed over a lot over the last two or three weeks and Oftentimes when we have a national day of prayer the first Thursday in May, they use 2 Chronicles 7.14. I call it the great condition. It starts off with one of the biggest words in the Bible. I-F. If. 2 Chronicles 7.14. If, which is a condition that you and I have to meet, we have to do something about it. If my people, my sons and daughters, if my people who are called by my name, we are, we're Christians, we're Christ ones. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, if they'll do that, if they'll humble themselves, if they will pray and if they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. What a great promise. But it is a promise that begins with a condition. First one is the great commandment. The second great calling is the great condition. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. The the next calling that we have toward our holy calling, I call it the great commission. I'm not the first one to call it that. Matthew twenty eight. Jesus is risen from the dead. The disciples are trying to make sure that they've got the mission plan. What's going to be the focus? And so Jesus tells them this in Matthew twenty eight, nineteen and twenty. He said, "Go therefore, and make disciples." of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And it ends with amen. Great commission. Our church, that great commission, that will always be there. Make disciples of Jesus Christ. We know what we're supposed to do as a part of this holy calling. So that's the third one, the great commandment, the great condition, the great commission. And now the fourth one, I call it the great requirement. It comes out of Micah 6.8. Just recently I've had two or three people say, oh, I have memorized Micah 6.8, the great requirement. Micah said this, and what does the Lord require of you? We should want to know that. You and I ought to want to know, what, what does God require of me? That's a legitimate question. Well, Michael tells us this is what God requires. And this is what the Lord requires of you. But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. What does the Lord require? Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. The great commandment, the great condition, the great commission, and the great requirement. These four scriptures can help us know who we are 
and what God has called us to do. And so when we, we feel the pressure of this task here from 2 Timothy that God has called me with a holy calling, what am I supposed to do with that holy calling? Just alone in these four scriptures, although we've got the whole word, and Jesus said, though heaven and earth pass away, my word will by no means pass away. But if we only had these four, there's enough vision. The children sang about light. There's enough vision and light and direction and focus and challenge in, in these four passages of Scripture to last a church a lifetime, to last you and I a lifetime on our journey. We must continue just to follow Jesus, listen, listen to the Holy Spirit, let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit has to say, and then pursue the call of God on our lives. Not of our own works, but of his purpose and his grace, Paul said. I confessed earlier, but I confess again. I fall short a lot of days on this thing called a holy calling. I don't always measure up to it. But the call is still coming. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And so you and I must continue to repent and respond. Repent and respond. Here I am, Lord. Send me. I, I hear you calling, Lord. And I know that you call me with a holy calling. And I, I want to fulfill that responsibility as best I can. Here I am. Send me. The seeds of today become the shade of tomorrow. That seed creed at the back of the book I want to read to you. J.D. Walt wrote the words. I want to read it really slow. I made a copy of it about two months ago. In fact, I've been ordering from this two years, and I had never noticed it, and I made a copy of it knowing I would share it at some time. First time I shared it was about two weeks ago at a dear lady, Mildred Parker, who was a member of the church out at Altoona, the first church that I pastored. And uh, she was a godly, godly woman, knew the Bible. I could talk with her about anything and everything. She was a wonderful sister in Christ, but also a mentor to me. And I shared this creed, this sower's creed, at her funeral. So that's the first time I shared it, and this is the second time. The Sower's Creed by J.D. Walt. Today, I sow, S-O-W, I sow for a great awakening. Today, I stake everything on the promise of the Word of God. I depend entirely on the power of the Holy Spirit. I have the same mind in me that was in Christ, Jesus. Because Jesus is good news and Jesus is in me. I am good news. Today, I will sow the extravagance of the gospel everywhere I go and into everyone I meet. Today, I will love others as Jesus has loved me. Today, I will remember that the tiniest seeds become the tallest trees, that the seeds sown today become the shade of tomorrow, that the faith, that the faith of right now becomes the future of the everlasting kingdom. Today, I sow for a great awakening. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? May we again today reclaim and as honestly as we know how, 
Just say, here I am, Lord. Send me. God has called you with a holy calling. And he who has called you is faithful. Let's pray together. God, we love you today and praise you. Thank you, God, for this service. Uh, thank you, God, for one another. We're so blessed to have each other, God. We're part of the, we're part of the family of sons and daughters of the Most High God. Lord, help us to fulfill our calling, our holy calling that we have. We praise you this day. We ask you to bless now in this moment as we respond and wrestle with your word and submit to your loving grace. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Our closing hymn is lead on, 